Here, we're doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Find Your Life Again. And the reason why we call it Find Your Life Again is because maybe over the past two years of this pandemic, you found, if you had to be really honest with yourself, that you've lost something in life. That as strong as you've tried to be for yourself, for your family, for your kids, for people at work, that you find, if you had to be honest with yourself, that over the past two years, you've lost some joy. Maybe you're not as happy as you used to be. Or maybe you've lost some direction. You don't really know what to do with your life anymore. Maybe you feel like you've lost some identity. You don't really know who you are anymore. Maybe you feel like you've lost some hope about the future. Maybe you feel like your faith has taken a hit, that you've hit some struggles or some you know, unexpected, difficult stuff happened to your life. And, and as a result, you don't really sure not what you believe anymore. And see, all of us, if you feel like you've lost something in this place, and this series is for you, how do you pick up the pieces of your life and find your life again? See, the biggest key that we're talking about in this series is that when it comes to finding your life again, it's not about luck. It's not just about hard work. But more than anything else, it's about experiencing Jesus. That Jesus is the life. He's called the bread of life. He calls himself the light of the world. He's, you know, he says, come to me and you will have life. You know, and he's the, he's the God who says that, you know, if you come to me, I'll give you life and life to the full. And so if you want to find your life again, it is so crucial. If what the Bible says is true, if what Jesus promises is true, then it's so crucial that you experience Jesus. And to help us do that, to help us discover who Jesus is, or in some cases, rediscover who Jesus is, we're doing a series here called Find Your Life Again Through the Gospel of John, one of the most powerful, most famous books ever written, written by Jesus's, one of Jesus' closest first disciples called John. And we're going through this book together. And we're not just doing it on Sundays. We're actually doing this every day. And so if you want to get in on that, what you can do is go to mythrive.info and sign up for Pastor JB's game time sharing. What we'll do is in the morning, every morning, we'll send to you a little passage from the book of John, the gospel of John, and you can read that. And then in case you're not really sure what to get from this passage, what to learn from this passage, I'll share with you some thoughts. But here's something that I learned from today's passage. And as a result, we're walking through the Bible together. Does that sound cool? Is that good? And so that's just our way of walking through the Bible together, looking to the gospel of John together and finding hope in the process. Turn to neighbor and say the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so with that in mind, speaking of the best is yet to come, Pastor Tim Ashoe, he's here to bring the message to us today. Pastor Tim and his wife, Sandra, they are just uh, very precious members of our church family. Uh, they lead a wonderful small group here at Thrive. They also help with a lot of our international ministry. For example, we've got about 100 orphans in India that we sponsor and take care of. And so they help us to do that through their organization, Gateway uh, Ministries. They you know, help with all sorts of work by different missionaries across the world, uh, in Portugal, in Malaysia. We've got a couple missionaries that we are helping out right now in the Middle East, and they're involved with that as well. And so they're a busy couple, and they've been doing this for many, many decades, and they're not stopping yet. Uh, they are an amazing couple, and we're always blessed when Pastor Tim brings the message. And so would you please join me in welcoming Pastor Tim Ashoi as he brings the message to us today in this episode of Find Your Life Again. Okay, we'll do that like 10 times louder, church. Let's do that together right now. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor JB. What a delight it is to be here today. Thrive is our spiritual home. It's our family. And you are our brothers and sisters, as the Bible teaches. And uh, we're glad that you are here and we're part of this great church uh, that reaches out and touches many, many lives. Today we're going to talk on the subject of uh, <clears throat> find the shepherd 
and find life. And of course, we're turning to the book of John. And book of John gives us a wonderful display of who Jesus is. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11, speaking of Jesus, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Moses in the wilderness had an encounter with God. And God was made known to him as the I am. I am. I am. And Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, I am who I am, meaning I never cease to be. No beginning, no ending, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. That's our Lord. He never ceases to be, and he is the ancient of days, and he is the self-existent one. He exists without, without anybody making it, make it, it happen that he would be here. He is the self-existent one. If you have a word, a need, the word tells us, I am can fill that need. We've already been reminded of that this morning. If you are thirsty, I am the water of life, Jesus said. If you're hungry, I am the bread of life. If you're in the dark, I am the light of the world. I am. This is the one that we promote and preach and long to know. If death is encroaching on your life, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. You see, when death hits us, we often say, well, that's the end. No, no, no. That's just the beginning of eternal life. And so if I die tomorrow, if uh, something happens and I would die tomorrow, uh, I, I know the resurrection and the life, and the Bible tells us that we are going to be raised from the dead, incorruptible, and, and we will rise again. Turn to somebody and say, we will rise again. If you're philosophically confused or lost finding your way, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You want to know what's right or who is right? It's Jesus. It's all about him. You're lost and, and you don't have a fruitful life. Life just doesn't seem to be fruitful. You've lost connection in your life. Well, Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. I am. I am the one who gives uh, sustenance and connection in life. Whatever you need... Jesus says, I am. It's kind of a, a phrase that we don't use a lot, but th that's, that's what he's trying to tell us in the book of John. And uh, theologians say there are at least seven I am's in the book of John. And we're sharing some of them with you this morning. Because Jesus claimed to be I am, the Pharisees sought to kill him. He said, who do you think you are? Jesus said in John 8, 58, he says, Before Abraham was born, I am. That's amazing. That's an amazing claim. And, of course, they're looking at Jesus, who they are questioning, and 
Jesus is saying, before Abraham was, I am. Wow. Turn to somebody and say, wow. They would say, you're just the carpenter's son. Who do you think you are? But in John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself yet another way. He describes himself as the shepherd of the sheep or the shepherd of the flock. He goes on to say, we are sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. And he is known as the chief shepherd. And he appoints under shepherds to work with him to care for his flock. So here at Thrive, you know, we, we believe that Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. But then there are other shepherds that walk with us and work with us and care for us. And they too are called shepherds, but they are not the shepherd of the sheep or of the flock. Jesus is the shepherd. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus is the shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. And so we have wonderful, here we have wonderful under shepherds. Pastor JB and Shar, they give direction for the shepherding of this house. And then there are many small group leaders and different people and different ministries that care for the sheep as the Bible calls us. We are sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is known as the chief shepherd, and he appoints under shepherds. The famous Psalm 23, we're going to read in, in just a bit, but it's where the Lord is my shepherd. It's a wonderful psalm. Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And, and that, that's, that's humankind. We, we're, we're willful, and we've resisted having a shepherd, and we've gone astray. However, Jesus comes along to woo us and draw us in. 1 Peter chapter 5, 25 says, You were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That's good news. We were like sheep going astray, but now we have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls that's speaking to us who've accepted Jesus. So when you accept Jesus into your life and you bring your life under his lordship, you, you become a sheep who has returned and you are following him and gaining all the benefits of that. We're going to read John chapter 10, verses 1 to 18, as we consider the true shepherd of the sheep. So read with me as I read this today. I think it's on your screen. Is it there? There we go. Let's go for it. Here, verse 1, all together. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate that climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
When he has brought out his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was saying. Therefore, Jesus... All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and, the, and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life. Not take it up. No one, but I lay it down in my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received of my Father. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I love this good shepherd. The true shepherd of the sheep. Verse 1 tells us first that he enters by the gate of the fold, not some other way. Jesus came the prescribed way into the world. There were prophecies as to how he would come, even where he would be born, etc. And that all was fulfilled in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ as a baby to this earth. And then, of course, he grows up and he has a ministry for until he is 33 years of age, in which time, at which time he ultimately lays down his life by going to the cross. So he enters by the gate of the fold. We could say this is by the prophetic fold, not some other way. The, the, the prophetic gate, I should say, not some other way. And he is the gate of the fold. Not only does he come by the gate, but he is the gate. Say with me, he is the gate. He is the gate. Thank you for that, amen. By the way, I need to tell you a little bit about my life. When I was about 10 years old, 11 years old, something like that, I can't remember the exact date, but it would have been in that era, my uncle gave me a sheep, and I became a shepherd because I had one sheep. <laughs> One sheep can make you a shepherd. <laughs> and we're going to put a little picture up here. This is, this is about, this would be about 1960. Now that's dating me. 
That's a long ways back there. My uncle is still alive, and we're figuring that he could be about 97 now. And whenever we get into that part of Saskatchewan, we like to uh, visit him because he was so kind to give me a sheep. He, he had a number of sheep, but he, I, wondered, I wonder if it was a prophetic thing that he was saying, you're going to be a shepherd one day, so look after this sheep. <laughs> and, of course, you see, you know, we talk about black sheep. In its early days, it was a black sheep, but it turned white. But it had a black head, and it had... Uh, a little bit of black around its its hoofs that, uh, on its legs, and it became a you know became a quite a well not a skinny little sheep like that. Uh, I mean it was uh, actually a, a hunky little sheep. We called uh, we called her Sheepy. Say Sheepy, Sheepy, <laughs> uh, Sheepy, come here. We're gonna feed you. You know, come fo come follow me, Sheepy. And that sheep I love to follow. It did. Loved to follow me where I would go. And it was my sheep. Nobody else cared for that sheep. I cared for the sheep. And we would, uh, in its young days, we had a milk bottle and, you know, a baby's bottle. And it would suck away on that bottle with the milk there. And uh, I learned something about sheep uh, with the having that, that sheep. Uh, so something something terrible happened though after that sheep was uh, I don't know two three years old. One night, and maybe you can sh show the picture of this was our uh, the farm that I grew up in. If you can pull that picture, the farm picture up. Uh, one night, uh, somebody came in and stole my sheep. That was not nice. And this happened, you know, the, the, the thief comes, you know, in the night to do his thing. And, uh, oh, here's, oh, here's the farm. This is the, this is a Saskatchewan farm, not char that farm changed radically. My father moved to that farm in 1952 and, uh, took over some, some land. You can see some of the fields there. And anyway, the, the thief came. This was the, the road was over here, and there was a road here, and the thief came in here, and uh, I think it was my father that saw the taillights of the car in the middle of the night. Somehow he was work, uh, awakened by uh, something, and they took the sheep from the, from the yard, and away they went, and never, ever returned, and we never, ever found the sheep. We had no clue where that sheep, that, no, that's a lost sheep, and that was a sad day for me, uh, because I loved my sheep. I was the shepherd to that sheep. Turned to somebody and said, I'd like to be a shepherd to a sheep like that. <laughs> Have some fun this morning. Uh, so anyway, you know, the Bible says the sheep hear his voice. And uh, if you're a true shepherd and you're a true sheep, you will hear the voice of the shepherd. And they will not hear the the voice of a stranger, and the sheep follow. The Bible says the sheep follow. Uh, the shepherd is personal with each sheep as much as possible. If, if they had too big a flock, they would have more shepherds. Uh, I saw the closest thing to what you would say would have been uh, uh, Israeli life or is life in Israel a number of years ago we, we had we had a mission to this to the country of Malta for many years for 17 years and um, 
And one day we were traveling in that small country, which was nine miles by 16 miles. That's the, that's the, the country. Uh, and lo and behold, there were, there were a couple of shepherds that had a flock of sheep. And there was probably 80 to 100 sheep, and they were kind of walking alongside. And I thought, wow. And they, they looked like they would have looked way back in Jesus' day. How they, the kind of apparel they had on, and staff, the whole bit. And I thought, well, this is very, very interesting. Uh, but, you know, they, they were guarding the sheep so that the sheep would not go onto the road, that the sheep would follow in the right path. And uh, the shepherd is known to save the sheep out of trouble and vulnerability. You know, that we have an enemy out there. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And shepherds are there to make sure the enemy hasn't got entrance. And so the true shepherd will actually at night lay down at the gate of the sheepfold. And if anything's going to come in to get those sheep, he's going to be the, he's going to be the one to face it or the human being that might try to steal the sheep. And so uh, the, the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep in that way uh, so that destruction will not take place with the flock. So he lays down his life and he's there at the gate at night. Uh, the predator would have to come to him first. And he has, again, the rod of defense. The rod is just a long, heavy stick where... If you're gonna if you're gonna get to my sheep, you're gonna get this. And the shepherd, we could say, is not kind with the enemy. He's gonna he's gonna give him what for. And uh, good for you, shepherd, that you're guarding the sheep. And uh, and then they had the staff, which uh, was a little bit longer. If you, I'm sure you know what a staff is, and it have a crook on it. Sometimes if a sheep was in trouble and, and the shepherd uh, couldn't reach him by hand, he would take uh, uh, the staff and he would uh, pull the sheep back into alignment. <clears throat> so he would guide the sheep in that way. The true shepherd also cared beyond his fold uh, for other sheep. Verse 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. That's, that's Jesus. The good shepherd said, while I have this flock, I care about other sheep as well. Uh, and, you know, this is the heart of our Lord when we think of, of uh, uh, church ministry. Yeah, we care about the flock, but we care about other sheep as well. There are other sheep out there that are lost, that need to be brought into the fold, and we're going to bring them in, and that's the heart of the Good Shepherd. Every church should have evangelism happening. They should be reaching different nations, like this church reach, is reaching to different nations. Always reaching out to, to other people, because I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. God has other sheep that he wants to have come in. It's not just about us and our cozy little bunch of people. While that's wonderful, and we like to be around our sheep, we always have an interest in reaching the world. 
look unto the fields. They are ripe unto harvest. And so it's all about other sheep. Say that with me. It's all about other sheep. Now, as sheep, we need a shepherd. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned our own way. We have a will of our own, not subject to our creator, not subject to Jesus Christ. There's a tendency to be independent. And so we want to do it our way. Like Frank Sinatra wrote the song, I did it my way. And, uh, you know, we often are walking life that way. Uh, Sheep tend to run off. They're short-sighted. They, they don't know what they're running into, and they run into danger zones when a, alone, away from the flock and the shepherd. And the sh- all sheep need to be in a flock and in a fold. I believe that. After having pastored and been on this planet for a good number of years, uh, I come to the conclusion that everybody needs to be in a fold. They need to be part of a flock. And you're here this morning because you're part of this flock or you're visiting maybe this morning and uh, you're not part of a flock. I invite you to become part of this flock and to become part of one of the folds in this flock, which is small groups. Because it's healthy to be part of a a small group and a church that cares for you uh, in a personal way. And so every, every sheep needs to be in a flock and in a fold. You know, I've watched over the years where people have turned their back on the idea of being part of a, of a fold or a flock or a church. And I've watched the devastation many times that has taken place in their lives because there's nobody there to protect them and care for them and watch over them and watch for their souls. The Bible says... Uh, concerning Christian leaders, that they watch for your souls because they're going to have to give an account to God for your soul. And so it it is serious business, this whole business of the flock and the shepherd and so on and us needing to be in a flock. Sheep are defenseless creatures. They're not fighters. They, they, they just have no defense. And, and sheep need to be sheared. Their wool just naturally grows. And if it isn't sheared, it can become a heavy, heavy burden to them. Now we're going to show you a picture here. There's a sheep that needs to be sheared. (laughs) This picture, I believe, is from Australia. Now, Australia has many, many, many sheep. And uh, there's a lot of shepherds in Australia. And... uh, I, I, I just don't think that even looks good. I mean, uh, this, this sheep needs to, needs to be sheared, desperately needs to be sheared. If they are not sheared, in the summer they become very, very, very hot, very difficult. It's not good for them. And if not sheared, it can become life-threatening because ticks and insects... Uh, and lice and parasites and even maggots can get into into this uh, all of this wool and uh, life becomes very uncomfortable when you're carrying all that weight and have all the creatures inside of that that you 
really don't want to have in your life. And so uh, they need to be sheared. Now, what, what's the lesson that this can give to us this morning? Uh, what's this sheep shearing all about? You know, we are given things that we need to give away. And, uh, you know, whether it's money or wealth or things that we just need to give away, we, we, if, we don't, if we don't deal properly with getting rid of some of the excess of what we have and get into a giving mode, life can be miserable. It really can be. Uh, sheep, after they are sheared, they, they, just, they just rejoice. They'll, they'll just leap about and say, wow, it's so good to be free of this, of all of this wool. Somebody else can have this. I don't need this wool. I'll grow more wool. That's no problem. You know, it's the same thing with, you know, with wealth. The Bible gives us warnings uh, uh, concerning uh, wealth and um, and not being attached to the things of this world. Paul, I mean, Paul spoke to Timothy, and he, he warned people, warned Timothy to warn people that they shouldn't uh, depend or have hopes of uncertainty of riches, but they should trust in God who provides so, so that we can enjoy and we should be rich in good works and be generous, ready to share, and all of those things. So we just don't lay up treasures on this earth constantly and never give it away. When God gives, we give away. And we are generous with what give, God gives us. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money. There's nothing wrong with having money, but to just hoard it and uh, and just... Never get rid of it and just let it grow on us forever. <laughs> that's not healthy. Turn to somebody and say, that's not healthy. That's why Paul said to Timothy, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and they've pierced themselves with many pangs, many sorrows. Because, it's, you know, it's all about money. It's all about collecting more wool. It's all about growing more wool. And then look at me. Won't I be beautiful? Would I have a, come on now. <laughs> Give me a break. There's nothing beautiful about that. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. Turn to somebody and say, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> I want to be a normal sheep that's sheared. And giving away as much as I can for higher purposes in this life. The Bible says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven because money rules in their lives, and that's all there is about their life is money, money, money. And uh, so we don't want that. Something else about sheep, they can become very frustrated. And they can, they can butt with their head and... and um, and just be frustrated. You say, well, why would they get frustrated like that? Well, you know, in our journey through life as sheep, we uh, graze in different places, and as a result of just naturally grazing, you encounter different kinds of bugs and who knows what, insects, 
And they, they tell us with sheep that those in, insects can actually get up into their nose and move toward their brain, and it drives them crazy. And so what's the solution to that? Well, the shepherd notices this, and he has a solution for these sheep. Yeah, he has oil, and the oil he mixes with other ingredients that will kill the bugs. And that's where David said, you know, you anoint my head with oil. When you're frustrated, when we as sheep are frustrated, what do we need? What do we need most? We need the shepherd to come along and anoint our head with oil and deal with those bugs and those frustrations so we don't stay crazy and frustrated. You know, we're in, we're in an era now where there's so many people that are frustrated because of all that's going on in the world. You know, suicide rates are up, and even among younger people, they say, because they don't see purpose in living, they're just frustrated with life. But when the good shepherd comes along and he anoints our head with oil, it, it deals with those things. He's got the right potion for this. It deals with this, and we can go on with a normal life and say, thank God, I, my head's anointed with oil. You know, in Psalm 133, it talks about the anointing and how that takes place on Aaron. The, it was poured first on the head, then it ran down his face to his beard, then it ran down his garment. Uh, one translation says it's right down to the skirt of his garment. Others said it was to the collar. Some say it's to the skirt of the garment. So that it even touched the feet. You know, we want, we want anointing in our lives to move all the way from our head down all the way to our feet so that we are walking in the anointing. I want to walk in the anointing. Turn to somebody and say, I want to walk in the anointing. Turn to somebody else and say, I don't want to be frustrated. Turn to somebody else and say, anoint my head with oil. <laughs> anoint my head with oil. Wonderful, wonderful experience. How God can change things with just one touch. Just a little bit of his anointing makes all the difference in our lives. We're going to read Psalm 23. I noted 12 things in Psalm 23 that are of significance. So let's read it together. Because the Lord is my... Okay, are we... Oh, there we go. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Stop there. Let's read that again. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the quiet streams. He restores my failing health. He helps me to do whatever honors him the most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding and guarding me all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all the days of my life. And afterward, I will live with you forever in your home. I say, what a great life. What a great bunch of promises. 
Sandra and I have been blessed over the years to have wonderful pastors over our lives, people who cared for us. We had parents who cared for us. That You know, parents are like pastors. And I think we should take on a shepherding role as parents with our children. And that glorifies God. Then we had pastors in our local churches. We had other people that cared. I remember when we decided we'd go into ministry full-time. There were people for years that followed us with their prayers and even with gifts from time to time that encouraged us to serve God the way he wanted us to serve him. I remember when I was just a teenager, our pastor took me on a ministry trip. I was probably 14, 15, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I'll never forget that. Took me alongside and I played the guitar and I sang and worked with him, close to him. At times he would invite me into his home or into his office. Just wanted to talk with me and read the Bible with me. What a blessing that is. All of us need a pastor. All of us need the Lord. But we all need an under-shepherd. Someone else on this planet who cares for us like Jesus cares for us. It wasn't that long ago because, you know, again, what, things happen with different pastors. You know, they die, they leave, they go to heaven. And so they can't pastor us anymore. But it wasn't that long ago I asked a man that I knew and respect that I worked with. I said, would you be kind of like a pastor to us? He said, yeah, I'll pray for you regularly. I'll call you. And he does. I don't know what people would do if they didn't have a pastor. I think it's a lonely, maybe hard trail. But when you have somebody that walks with you and prays with you and cares for your soul, it makes a huge difference. You know, there's so many promises in the Bible I don't have time to go into today. But how, how God covers us when we make Him who He is intended to be in our lives. The Bible tells us when we're planted in the house of the Lord, we will flourish. You're planted in your small group, God says you'll flourish. When you relate properly to those that God has put over your life as pastors, you will flourish. This doesn't mean that we go for every little decision we run, but it's, it's just a spiritual principle that we know that we need someone outside of ourselves. We need God, yes, but we also need others. We need the flock. I often think of when people pass away and they die and you know, they're many times they're not part of a church or whatever. It's all alone. The family's alone. But when you have a church, the family stands with you. And the church family stands with you as you walk through your difficult time. Maybe the person who led you to Jesus. Just to have an attitude of submission saying... Lord, I want you to be my shepherd 
Obviously, that should be the cry of our hearts. Because he is our shepherd, we have everything we need. I encourage you to reach out to God and then reach out to somebody that you say, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you'd pray for me. Anoint my head with oil so that I can be like David and say, my cup runs over because, God, you, you've touched my life. Pastor JB is going to come and he's going to conclude the service and lead us further in prayer and so forth. God bless you. Can we give Pastor Tim a hand? Give God some praise. We love Pastor Tim and Sandra. Love that message. Had no idea Pastor Tim knew so much about the animals, those sheep. And that's just tremendous, tremendous message for us. And the fact is we've learned today among the many things is that you and I, we all need a shepherd. We turn to and say, I need a shepherd. We all need a shepherd. And here at Thrive, the fact is this is a church of many shepherds. You know, I, I'm not the only shepherd here. You know, I, I am one of the shepherds. Pastor Shar is a shepherd. We've got Pastor Tim and Sandra, they're shepherds. But we've got many more shepherds than that. We've got small group leaders who are shepherds. Maybe you're here and you're a shepherd as well. You're taking care of your kids. You're trying to lead them. You're a shepherd as well. You're maybe a, a supervisor at work. Maybe you've got a team that you're leading. In many ways, we're all shepherds in that way. And, uh, you know, we, we often use the term flock. Uh, Pastor Tim used the term fold, which I don't often use. So I was kind of curious about it. I, so, I, I, you know, I, I, was, I was looking up on my phone as Pastor Tim was re- I, I looked up sheep fold. And all I could get was origami sheep, right? Like, like just, it's, it's, I, don't want to, I don't want to make origami. Rant. I want to learn what a sheep fold. And, and he said it really well, is that we all belong to a flock, but we all also want to be in a fold. In other words, it's one thing to be here in service, which is great. We're all facing the same direction. We're all looking at God's word. We're all worshiping Jesus together. That's awesome. That's necessary. That's important. That's fantastic. But at the same time, you also want to be part of a fold. You want to be part of a small group here at Thrive. Because if something happened to you and you're not part of a small group, we might not know. And so we want to really encourage everyone, single person here, to be part of a small group of some sort. Maybe you're a shepherd, but you don't have a shepherd. Maybe you're a shepherd here, but you don't have a small group. I want to encourage you to be part of a small group. You can go to mythrive.info and sign up for that so that you're not just facing one direction and you know, watching a service, but you're also facing other people and you're doing life together and you're growing together and you're encouraging one another and you're doing life that way. God made you to be part of that, part of a flock, part of a fold under a shepherd. His ultimate name is Jesus. And so with that in mind, we're just going to close off our service by leading you in a couple of things. Natalie and the team, they're going to lead you in a song. After that, I'm lead you in prayer. And so why don't we all stand to our feet here online. If you're watching, you can stand as well. And let's make this our moment to just give attention to our shepherd. His name is Jesus. Let's worship together right now. Maybe you're here and you realize that what you need is forgiveness for something you said this morning something you did last night or maybe something you did long time ago that still haunts you and if I had to ask you the question do you know if you're going to go to heaven if this life were to end today do you know if you're forgiven of your sins and if your answer is I'm not sure then I want to tell you today is that your good shepherd his name is Jesus laid down his life for you and for me that when we were unable to reach God when each of us like sheep had gone astray each one of us turned to his own way that God, because he loves us, could, he couldn't stand to be apart from us. He sent Jesus Christ and laid the iniquity of all of us on him. And he placed it on Jesus at the cross where he died. 
And if you're here and you realize that you need forgiveness, I'm here to tell you that there wasn't just a lamb of God who died for you, a shepherd died for you. His name is Jesus. And here in this place, if you realize that you need that forgiveness, it's as simple as praying a prayer. I'm going to lead you in right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you realize you need God's forgiveness today and you're here on site, why don't you just lift your hand to God right now. Don't worry about your neighbor. It's not about them. Just lift up your hand to God. Let the height of your hands reflect you. Just saying, God, I need you today. God, I need your forgiveness today. I need you in my life today. If that's you, we'll lift your hand to God. Maybe you're here on, online. You can lift up your hand as well. And you can, on top of that, because we're going to pray a prayer in just a second, click the link that's in your chat room. It's going to take you to a prayer that we're going to pray together. If you're here on site, lift up your hand high. One of our ushers will come to you with a card, with a prayer on it that we're going to pray together. And this is our opportunity just to come to God and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me my sins. If that's you, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now. Those who prayed this prayer before, why don't you pray it with those who are praying it today. Let's pray it with a big, loud voice. We're going to say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank, you thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you, please forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you have got a big hand, a big shout, and let's play together right now. Oh, come on. There's more than that. Give God all of your praise in this place together right now. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, then the Bible says you are forgiven of your sins. It's that simple. It's not because of how good you think you are. It's because what Jesus did, your good shepherd dying on the cross for you and for me. Congratulations. What we'd love to do is to give you a gift to celebrate this moment. And so for those who prayed that prayer just now and you have a card with you that you received, you can go to the Welcome Center and just bring that card to the Welcome Center. They'd love to give you that gift. If you're online, you can just take that prayer page that you use just now, go to the bottom of it, and there's a link there to those gifts as well. Can we give all of our friends who pray that prayer just a big hand? Praise God. That's awesome. Let's celebrate that. And in addition to getting those gifts, can I encourage you a couple things? Number one, keep coming to church, because every sheep needs a flock, and every child needs a family, and we'd love to be your spiritual family here at Thrive. On top of that, we encourage you to get baptized. Everyone say baptism. Baptism. Baptism is you simply declaring that you trust in Jesus Christ. It's not talking about how good you are. It's talking about how good your shepherd is. And we encourage you to do that. It's not a graduation. It's a beginning. Go to mythrod.info for more information on baptism. We'd love to help you with that. Hello, everyone. Welcome at Thrive Church. I hope you have an amazing time at Thrive today. My name is Marizal, and I will spend a few minutes to go through some announcements with you and what's coming up here at Thrive. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to connect with you. We want to give you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle to thank you for spending your time with us. Simply visit mythrive.info and click new to Thrive or text new to 604-285-5770. We will mail the water bottle straight to your mailing address. If you're on site with us at LaPont Place, we're so honored you're here. You can pick up your gifts at the Welcome Center by the Exodore after the service. This coming Sunday, May 29, from 1.15pm to 2.15pm, we'll be having a Holy Spirit prayer meeting. Pastor JB taught us last week that we were made to know and experience Holy Spirit. 
And this prayer meeting is a perfect opportunity for you to experience Holy Spirit at work in your life. So mark down the date on your calendar. We can't wait to pray and worship with you. Last but not least, our next baby and child dedication is happening next month on Sunday, June 12. If you're interested to sign up, visit mythrive.info. This is all for the announcements today. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. Have a wonderful long weekend. We look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Stay blessed.